，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。President Tsai Ing-wen on Friday met with a French delegation led by the Vice President of the French Senate, Alain Richard. In the speech, Richard stressed French parliamentarians have recently paid a high degree of attention to Taiwan's security and will encourage the French government to pay even more attention to the situation in the Taiwan Strait. The best proof of this, he said, was the French warship that recently passed through the Taiwan Strait. At lunchtime, President Tsai personally took her French guests to Huashi Street in Wanhua to taste Taiwanese snacks, which won praise from Richard as delicious. This is it. It's very good. Excellent, and it was very simple, very popular. I've been here for several times since the last decade. And I appreciate it very much. President Tsai and her guests munched on Michelin Bib Gourmand-winning guapaos. Then they went to another Bib Gourmand-rated snack place next door, where she ordered the eatery's signature braised pork rice dish, along with clear melon soup and braised cabbage. Also in attendance in this foodie outie was the director of the French office in Taipei, as well as presidential office secretary general Ling Jialong and vice foreign minister Alexander Yu. The United States and South Korea signed a landmark agreement Wednesday. The agreement gives Seoul a greater decision-making role in the U.S. contingency planning against a possible North Korean nuclear attack. That's in exchange for Seoul agreeing not to pursue its own nuclear weapons program. VOA's Anita Powell reports from the White House. President Joe Biden affirmed the U.S. commitment to defend against North Korean aggression as he welcomed South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol for a pomp-filled state visit, just the second such visit of his administration. Look, a nuclear attack by North Korea against the United States or its allies or partisans. Uh, our partners is unacceptable and will result in the end of whatever regime were to take such an action. Pyongyang has greatly increased its missile launch activities this year and last, the United Nations says. Under the new Washington Declaration, the two allies will bolster defenses against Pyongyang. The United States will set up a nuclear consultative group to allow greater information sharing and give Seoul a greater voice in deliberations over U.S. weapons deployment. In return, Seoul will maintain its non-nuclear status in accordance with the Non-Proliferation Treaty it ratified in 1975. Yoon on Wednesday welcomed the agreement. In the event of North Korea's nuclear attack, and promised to respond swiftly, overwhelmingly, and decisively using the full force of the alliance, including the United States nuclear weapons. Biden said the two presidents also discussed security beyond the Korean Peninsula. We discussed our work together on promoting peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits, ensuring freedom of navigation in the South China Sea and beyond. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also affirmed our shared commitment. We together shared our firm shared commitment to stand with the people of Ukraine against Russia's brutal assault on their freedom, their territorial integrity, and democracy. 
U.S. and South Korea have been allies since the end of the Korean War, 70 years ago. But analysts say there are questions in South Korea about the strength and credibility of the agreement. It takes off the table the possibility of any kind of South Korean development of an indigenous nuclear capability. Um, and and it, it really bolsters the idea that the U.S. and South Korea are going to address North Korea together. But Snyder added, the potential for cooperation continues to grow, including in space. On Tuesday, UN and Vice President Kamala Harris explored the two nations' growing ties in space exploration and security with a tour of a NASA facility near Washington. That's a sign, he said, that this partnership may go to a new frontier. Anita Powell, VOA News, the White House. The saga continues over the changing of Mind Joe's title at the 8th Delphi Economic Forum in Greece. During a Q&A session on Thursday, Ma was not directly referred to as the former president of Taiwan. Instead, the presenter introduced him as the winner of the 2008 and 2012 presidential elections of the ROC. But that wording is no less strange than some of the other titles he's been given on the forum's official website. The former president's title has gone through multiple changes. They include former president of Taipei, former president of Taiwan, and former leader of Taipei. After an apology by the president of Greece, his title was changed once again to former president of the Kuomintang Party, Chinese Taipei. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs on Friday said it was sending its strongest condemnation to the forum. It said that malicious forces were behind the continued attempts to downplay Ma's status, adding that it would offer no further comments on the matter. TPP Chair Ko Wenzhe on Friday returned to Taiwan after a 20-day visit to the U.S. where he told reporters he planned to register as a presidential candidate. He did not appear to be interested in responding to a call from KMT leader Eric Chu to join forces with the KMT. He's expected to formally announce his presidential bid at a press conference before May 20th. Upon hearing people address him as president, TPP Chair Koenja was all smiles. He arrived in the international airport in Taoyuan after a nearly three-week tour of the U.S. He received a warm welcome, and among them was a surprise guest, his wife Peggy Chen. I missed you a lot. It was okay for the first week, but after two weeks, I felt it was a bit weird being all by myself. By the third week, I miss you so much. During Kerr's trip to the US, he was seen going in and out of the ART headquarters three times, and he also met former US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. It was obvious that he was pleased with his efforts and had met the people he needed to meet. Recently, KMT leader Eric Chu has called for cooperation with other parties to take down the DPP, giving rise to speculation that he intends to cooperate with the TPP. Kerr, however, is not having it. I've said before that I don't agree with this kind of thing. Why remove the DPP or form a non-DPP alliance? Taiwan belongs to everyone. You can't say that one political group needs to be eliminated. I still advocate a coalition government that can unite Taiwan. Kerr rejected Chu's proposal once again. When asked what he thought of the new Taipei City Council changing its timetable to push forward the question time for new Taipei Mayor Hou Youyi, Ke had all his guns blazing. 
I don't think this is right. In order to get an individual out of trouble, the general question time has been moved ahead of the question times for each city government department. I don't think what the KMT is doing here is right. It's not right to accept this situation. I think they are losing points for this. Kerr seems to clearly have presidential ambitions, and when asked if he would get a presidential registration form, Kerr did not evade and rewarded reporters with a straight answer. I'll go and do it tomorrow. After our party ratifies it, I'll hold a formal press conference. It should be before May 20th. Kerr seems determined to take part in the presidential election in 2024, with no space for cooperation with the KMT. The National Theatre and Concert Hall's Ideas Lab is an annual experimental project that combines theatre, music and dance. This year's theme is Emo. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a sneak peek. Blind dancers and other dancers dance together in the dark, combining movements with sounds produced by different objects. The dancers challenge the idea of how dances can be perceived and understood without sight. The question that our work is tackling is, in the absence of vision, how do we feel the kinetic energy of a dance or a movement and know what the dance is about? Half of the dancers are blind, while the other half is not. Another show invites the audience to witness police drills and their training. Through interviews and literature research, the creators hope to unveil the training process that police go through, bringing to light the systemic violence and the high-pressure environment in which they live. Over the past few years, situations overseas have created a relatively negative image of the police. But in theory, the police are the executors of public power. After precise training, they enforce the law and detect crimes and so forth. During the interview, we found that the police face huge internal and external pressures. They face many moral problems that run opposite to public opinion. This year's Ideas Lab project centers on the term emo. Emo, which is short for emotional, is a term used by youth in Taiwan. The term originated from the U.S.'s hardcore punk music culture of the 1980s. This year, NTCH Ideas Lab invited five artists to express the word emo through their works. The popular term on social media right now is emo, which seems to describe being a little helpless and angry about things. But nothing is being done on social platforms. What we see from these artists is that their complaints or anger about injustices and the world are turned into attempts to provide an answer or interpretation through their works, or they provide a direction to move forward. That's what's special about the NTCH Ideas Lab. The spirit of the NTCH Ideas Lab is, I may be lost, but I am never afraid. When I see a goal, I persevere. Five groups will stage 20 performances at the NTCH Experimental Theatre from June 9th to July 16th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. Former U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton, who is on a seven-day visit of Taiwan on Friday, headed to the DPP headquarters. There, he held a meeting with party officials, including Deputy Secretary General Yang Yishan, Head of International Affairs Xie Peifen, and Foreign Affairs Lawmaker Luo Zhizhen. The discussion focused on regional security and cross-strait issues. Let's hear from Luo. 
区域的安全的局势哈，那应该采取什么样的作为？如何面对中国这个对这个区域的威胁 ？We had many discussions on concrete issues such as what actions we should take for regional security and how to respond to China's threats in the region. There were many points on which everyone agreed. The two sides discussed matters in good spirits, and we have a lot of common ground. There was no mention of political matters in the U.S. or their elections. But there was some talk about some possible directions for Taiwan's elections. Taiwan's role in strengthening cooperation in the Indo-Pacific was also touched upon. After the meeting, Bolton headed to a banquet at the Foreign Ministry hosted by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu. The event was also attended by the director of the American Institute in Taiwan, Sandra Odkirk. He set to attend an event by the World Taiwanese Congress on Saturday. And on May 1st, he'll take part in the 40th anniversary of the Formosan Association for Public Affairs alongside President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ching-te. Bolton is known for his hawkish position on Taiwan, on China, and has recently voiced intentions to run for his party's presidential nomination. The United, United Ukrainian Ballet is in Taiwan, ready for the Asian debut of its latest performance this weekend. Wartime Elegy is a collection of dances meant as a love letter to the people of Ukraine. The performers say that it has not been easy to produce a new ballet amid Russia's attacks on their country. After fleeing Ukraine and regrouping in the Netherlands, the ballet hopes to advocate for peace with their entrancing production. A ballerina in a white tutu glides over the stage, performing the romantic pas de deux from Giselle and mesmerizing the audience. This weekend will mark the first time that the United Ukrainian Ballet performs in Taiwan, and rehearsals are on. Another impassioned duet, but this time from Spartacus. You can't take your eyes off the dancers. This is the ballet's newest performance, Wartime Elegy, which will be making its Asian debut in Taiwan. Its choreographer is Alexei Ratmansky, and it's his first work since the start of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It intends to convey the optimism of the Ukrainian people. The performers shared the pain for their country with reporters. Ukraine, as you know, it's quite complicated to. Uh, do our work, uh, our job. People should go to the shelters uh, when it's alarm. Uh, it's a crazy situation. I don't wish anyone to feel anything like this. The 62 dancers in the troupe all left their homeland due to the war. They regrouped in the Netherlands and are now touring the world to highlight the importance of peace. Now in Taiwan, they say unity is crucial for smaller countries. Uh, I think people should uh, appreciate each other, respect each other, and try to unite. I think what Ukrainians uh, did when the war began, and it, I think, uh, helped us to survive. Without saying anything specific, I don't think uh, big neighbors should invade little neighbors. As Russia's invasion is still ongoing, the members of the ballet post on stage with a Ukrainian flag. They use their performances around the world to advocate for freedom and peace. The International Food and Catering Expo is back on in Taipei after a hiatus due to the COVID pandemic. On its opening day on Friday, the expo venue was packed with people itching to try delicacies of all kinds. This year, nine Japanese food companies are showing off their products in Taiwan. 
They include noodles eaten by Japanese royalty and a spicy sauce that's been in production for seven decades. Let's take a look. Sizzling turnip cakes and steaming meatballs. Freshly shaved bonito flakes and noodles with dipping sauce. Food bargains abound at this post-pandemic food fair, and so do free samples. We have a special promotion for Japanese-style New Year's gift boxes. We also have buy one, get one free specials. What's new this time is that we brought over Japanese companies and century-old shops to show off their techniques here in person. After a hiatus of almost five years, the International Food and Catering Expo is back with Taiwanese vendors and nine Japanese companies. There's a TV-famous soy sauce brand, a 70-year-old recipe of spicy oil, creamy soft serve from Hokkaido, and thin, hair-like noodles served at Japan's royal palace. Japanese representatives introduced each of the delicacies one by one. We need the dough by hand to keep it soft. Then we pull it in the machine until it's all uniform strands. It's been three years of COVID, so our company hasn't come to Taiwan for years. We're very happy to be here. Japanese perilla is good for the body. We've been waiting to introduce it to everybody for a very long time. Hoping to cash in on post-pandemic business opportunities, Taiwanese and Japanese companies have launched promotions with the goal of making 5 to 6 million NT in sales over the four days of the fair. They say it's time to make up for the lost time during COVID. Have you ever heard of free diving? The sport involves diving deep under the water without any breathing apparatus. Yes, that means surviving on just one breath of air. The sport has taken off worldwide in recent years, and Taiwan's divers have also embraced the challenge. Now diver and coach Zhang Yixian has set a new national record for the deepest free dive in Taiwan. He chatted to FTV about how free diving helped him find himself again in a world full of noise. He has done... Afa Zhang bobs up and down in the water. He's carefully regulating his breathing. The countdown to the start of the competition begins. He takes in one final breath of air, then dives under the water, kicking his powerful tail to dive deeper. He leaves the audience behind at the surface along with all sounds. In just over a minute, he reaches 93 meters below the surface, the target depth. He picks up a white tag to prove his accomplishment, then turns around and begins the ascent. By his side swims an attendant to make sure he's safe. And then he's back above the surface, exhaling and inhaling again. He signals he's okay to the judge, who confirms he's completed the dive. Then applause breaks out all around. By achieving 93 meters in this contest, Zhang has set a new Taiwanese record. The professional freediver is also a mermaid performer. His agility and grace mesmerize audiences. Free diving is a place where I have no burdens and no stress, but actually the pressure is greater in the water. Because of the laws of physics, the water pressure is very high. 
but you just go down with one breath and then there's nothing left except yourself. There can be often too much noise in life. Everywhere you go there's the sounds of other people and even the environment can have a big impact. But in the water all that's left is your heartbeat. Or sometimes when it gets even quieter it can feel like you can hear the fish talking to you. That's something really fascinating about freediving, I think. Because I can do whatever I like in the water just like a fish. After a period feeling lost and directionless, Zhang found freediving when he graduated from university. Diving helped him find himself again. Though it may seem like a dangerous extreme sport to some, for him it's a path of getting to know the sea, getting to know himself, and mastering the knowledge of the sport. The rewards are priceless. You go through breath training again and again, and you realize, wow, I'm more capable than I imagined. And you want to see where your limits are, or how far or how deep you can swim. Water sports are always something that takes some getting to know. Everyone says the sea is dangerous, but what's actually dangerous is if you don't know how to assess the risks and if you don't understand it. Free diving is not just a way to have fun. It's a chance to get to know the ocean, get closer to yourself, and maybe even discover a whole new perspective on life. Taiwan saw mild weather with sunny skies island-wide and highs of 33 degrees in central and southern regions. The Central Weather Bureau says that another weather front will gradually pass across Taiwan on Saturday night, bringing localized short showers to central and northern regions and mountain regions to, uh, in the south. Meanwhile, the eastern half of Taiwan could see localized heavy downpours. Taiwan is seeing its dry spring season in two decades, and forecasters say the dryness might linger over the plum rain season. Forecasters expect normal to low levels of precipitation in May and almost normal levels in June. Heavy constant rainfall typically associated with the plum rains is not expected until the end of May or early June. It seems there's still some time to wait until reservoirs in the drought-stricken south get some relief.